This is The Crucible. The JRTC Experience. This is, if I would have only known, a candid conversation with leaders. In this series, we discuss brigade combat team warfighting skills and lessons learned in a decisive action training environment for large-scale combat operations at JRTC. Hey, uh, Colonel Matt Hardman, uh, the Commander of Operations Group here at the Joint Readiness Training Center. Uh, thanks for joining us again. And I've got uh, Colonel uh, Kevin Sharp, the mighty Bastone Six, Commander of 1st Brigade, 101st. Uh, Colonel Sharp, tell us about your background. Uh, give us the full story where you're from. I know. Uh, <laughs> Not sure if anybody cares, really, but uh, I, I care. <laughs> I'm, uh, I grew up from, uh, I grew up in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, graduated from, from college and then uh, enlisted afterwards with the OCS after a few years of being enlisted um, and have a, a background in both mech, ranger, and uh, and light uh, before I came to the 101st as a battalion commander and then back as a, a brigade commander as well. Awesome. And you're being modest. So when you came in, you were enlisted in 1st Ranger Battalion. Is third, that right? Third Ranger third Battalion. battalion. Mm -hmm. Uh, and spent a little time with uh, Coach Kershaw, who's a <laughs> right. peer at the leader right. training uh, <laughs> program. So I, I blame him for everything I've seen. <laughs> it's all his fault. <laughs> right. All yeah. Right. Some real legends. And uh, no, I appreciate you joining us. And so we just finished uh, 14 days of rigorous uh Decisive action, large-scale combat operations here in uh, the Republic of Arnland against the dreaded Tarikans. And uh, Bastone had an amazing fight. So we started with a joint forcible entry, brigade air assault, um, uh, really movement to contact uh, into a defense, uh, fought against the dreaded Tarikans, their T-90s and BMPs, and then transitioned back to offensive operations, uh, seized objective Subaru, a.k.a. Sugar Gordon, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, faced the counterattack from the dreaded Tarikans, and then pursuit uh, up to uh, a live fire in Peace on Ridge, which we finished up yesterday, which was a ton of fun to watch. Uh, hotter than the hinges of hell, 98 degrees, uh, but Bastogne soldiers uh, fighting to the bitter end, and it was really awesome watching them uh, yesterday afternoon and watching your team uh, synchronize uh, effects to enable those assaults. So uh, up front, uh, you know, what what were your thoughts as you were preparing the brigade uh, to come uh, fight here, large scale combat operations, mm -hmm. particularly uh, with the as you approach the leader training program? You know, I think that, you know, we it's pretty apparent that coming out of coin and focusing on let's go is a pretty big culture shift for the institution. And, um, you know, we're we're I've noticed that those really the fundamentals of fire maneuver um, needed a lot of attention, especially at the squad and platoon level, because, you know, if, as a, as a brigade staff and battalion staff, they could come up with these fantastic plans that, you know, the best since Normandy evasion, but if we didn't have squads that could execute, it was all built on sand. So, um, so really focused, um, focus our training glide path at the squad and platoon level, invested a lot of time, um, there. And then, you know, as we're focused with like the company commanders and battalion commanders focus on squads and platoons, 
we did parallel planning for for staffs, um, particularly how we prepare for plan for large scale combat operations. Um, we did uh, several LTPs on uh, on on let's go in urban combat. Um, on how to do MDMP, keeping in mind that you know fires now plays a role, a, 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 not an outsized role, but a lot much larger role than it has in in in, uh, in coin. Um, so so yeah, we we geared all of those LTPs towards uh, shedding some of that that coin DNA and uh, and focusing on combined arms maneuver. Um, and, I, and I think that it it, it paid off in, in several aspects, but. Um, it was marrying those two up that presented yeah. some challenges, right? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the the battalion brigade planning uh, and then company execution. There's still execution right. at the battalion and the brigade level. Um, so, what you know? What do you think? You know, coming out of this, what do you think went really well that you're really proud of? And then, what are the areas that you think um, you know you're going to come out of this and, and want to retrain on? And, and sort of why? You know, given given the focus that you outlined, you know, why, why do you think uh, those gaps uh, in retrospect existed? Well, the um, there 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 were some uh, operational requirements that were placed on the brigade um, that prevented us from really, you know, completing our train glide path and allowing us the opportunity to have those two married up. Excuse me. I mean, we, uh, we did do a culminating training event, but we essentially went from squad and platoon level proficiency and had to jump to, to brigade just based on, again, a little bit of a, of compression. Um, but the, to, to, to answer your question directly, one of the things that uh, I I wish that I had done better and prepared for was the transition piece. And I know that you know everybody's seen the peaks and valleys slide that comes here from JRTC, and we we knew it. I mean, like we were and it, more peak. <laughs> yeah, there's more but, peaks. Yeah, I guess there's yeah yeah. Some people have more peaks than Some valleys. Some people have more peaks. Um, but but one of the, I mean it's in those transitions where you really make your money and in some cases we did pretty good at the transition piece you know acknowledging uh, that we were going to have to defend key terrain to build up combat power to continue our offensive operations um, and in some cases we did not transition very well like understanding holistically where the next fight was going to be and ensuring that our artillery was in place ensuring that um, the security zone was was where it needed to be for the transition as we compressed our battle space and gave uh, up um, you know the what was the east side of the AO back to the division and then most importantly that logistics node hey were we were we set to transition to that next piece so um, transitions uh, and then the other thing that I wish we had done and and focused more on, was the sustainment of of the brigade because even if we had trained tactically on execution of you know a brigade or brigade level maneuver battalion level maneuver heck even you know invest in more company level maneuver sustaining that fight in Lisco is 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 very difficult um, and you know when you see it played out here and I, the term that we've been using under load sustaining the brigade fight under load is extremely difficult. Uh, and that is one of the areas that, gosh, looking back, what, I, yeah. And so, from the from the home station training, I mean, what's the what what are the biggest differences between what you could do at home station training, and then and then the reality of like doing right. it here at JRTC? Right. And it's like, you know, Kevin, like 
your team like wants some sustainment, wants to do some sustainment. Absolutely. Um, but it's different here. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's important, like, you know, especially folks in the audience, like why is it different from right. your perspective? So there's, there's several things that play into it. Yeah. Number one in home station, when we train this, there's nobody that's trying to kill our sustainers. Right. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's easy. Like there's no, you know, Hey, we could send somebody to test the defense of the BSA, which our, our, our brigade did a pretty good job. Our BSA did a pretty good job of defending it. Um, but there's everything from, you know, receiving it to getting it to the cant, like the water, you know, getting it into the canteen. Um, it's extremely difficult. And then also what, what I didn't, what I failed to train the formation on was, Hey, the math that goes into sustaining, like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go full open kimono, but there were, there were aspects of yeah. the log stat that, that never changed every day. The battalions were asking for the same yeah. amount of, you know, X, which we didn't need that. We needed, you know, we need to do the math like, Hey, there's going to be, you know, companies worth of BMDs brigade will shape it down to three. So they need how many, how many 84s or, you know, javelins or whatever. How many javelins do we need to kill? Okay. How many do we have on hand and, and do the math and actually project what, what they were looking at. So yeah. that's one area that I think that we could have done better. Is well, you know, so, I think one of the things that was awesome was uh, the battalions and, and your BSB commander framed it perfectly. You know, the last tactical kilometer right. of sustainment was really for a while was really a hard time. What was awesome is that we had battalion uh, commanders and SAR majors that went and rehearsed it. Right. And it was like, okay, we got to be better at this. And so they right. went and rehearsed how we were going to get the sustainment. Right that last tactical kilometer right. into the canteen in particular, right. which allowed that last fight, um, uh, Bulldog was able to move dismounted right. maneuver for almost eight to 10 kilometers, di right. completely dismounted without any right. loss of tempo right. uh, or momentum because right. they were able to sustain it. Right. And, and uh, I would say that um, and, and, and you're right, I'm very proud of, of Bulldog. And I mean, even like they, they were able to turn – two platoons from strong points based on their maneuver, which yeah. was fantastic and, and freed up some ground lines of communication that enabled our, our assault on Sheriff Gordon. But that was like day four or five, you know, they we had the opposite effect on days one and two. So yeah. if we had, you know, if we had had that same level or a better level of efficiency, we could have like got, and um, we could have, you know, achieved some momentum early to continue to put pressure and had some uh, successes that carried us through. And, and again, it's, well, I mean, like, you know, we don't want to make this like easy for everybody. And, <laughs> and right. I mean, and, and so up front talking about the home station training, like we made you come into the box by rotary wing, by ground assault convoy <laughs> right. and by constructive airlines. Right. right. So we made the, we made the infill problem, uh, calculus, uh, right. not simple arithmetic, right? Uh, by design, right. right? Because that that is realistic of of some of the challenges that we'll have, um, and then you know this whole idea of under load, um, you know the distance, the tyranny of distance here. That's right, and what exists in that distance, which is SPF forces that we're looking for, our our yeah. our sustainment uh, convoys. Um, yeah, and just so we don't dwell on all the stuff that we screwed up royally, yeah. the um, you you asked what we did well. I, the um, like we did a lot of large scale air assaults. Yeah. We did a uh, a brigade minus air assault, um, and then in one period of darkness, 
we did a, uh, a really it was a battalion air assault followed by a brigade minus air assault and then another battalion plus air assault all within in three, less than 72 hours less than 72 hours yeah. um and and that is you know as an air assault a member of the air assault division that's our distinctive core like competency that's right <laughs> yeah, me, too, me too uh i feel like you know that that is we have to be good at that that's the expectation yeah. of the army that's what the army needs us to do so we have to be good at it um and the uh, you ask about LTPs. A lot of our LTPs leading up to this, we focused on the basics, um, just like for our fire maneuver for the squads and platoons. Focused on how, how do you run a heavy PZ? How do you run a light PZ? How do you maintain accountability? How do you do the bump plan? How do you sling the loads? Who inspects those? And uh, and I got to give a lot of credit to Five One Hundred One Eagle Assault Battalion uh, from the Hundred First from Hundred First Cab. They were in it to win it from the beginning. So. Uh, one of the keys to success there was building that relationship, I, bringing them with Hey, the while we're on 5101, I got to give the plug for the aviators listening. The two things they did exceedingly well, and this sounds crazy, their ground uh, movement, the ability to operate yeah. and drive vehicles at, yeah. at night, licensing enabled them to be in the right place at the right time to support right. you. And then back to fundamentals, communication. Mm-hmm. Best, best communication I've seen, you know, between my time at JRTC and the National Training Center, their ability to talk to ground forces Absolutely. and their ability to talk upper TI with the brigade and the division really enabled the success. Yep. Absolutely. So the mechanism was there. The relationships were there. Um, yeah, and, and in the train up, understanding what they were looking for on non-standard loads. Uh, we we got creative with some of our, our tandem slings and they were there with us every step of the way. Um and then our BSB running those heavy PZs, uh, it paid off. So I'm very, very proud of our, our JFE and get and building up combat power pretty rapidly to to, uh, to get us where we needed to go. On the aviation piece, um, you know, I thought the other thing that you did exceptionally well was aerial resupply. Mm-hmm. So I'll be honest. I had low expectations. I have low expectations. I've been disappointed so many times before. You know, we bring an aviation task force, a division asset. We allocate those assets to the brigade. And generally, we un- we don't use them mm-hmm. near to kind of uh, the capacity that's available. Right. Particularly in the 96 hours after the JFE you guys maximize that resource, right. uh, something in the neighborhood of 50 to 60 aerial resupplies, mm-hmm. like outside, like how did y'all get to that level of proficiency to be able to do that? So during our train up, we, uh, we had a, you know, a three week, you know, uh, FTX, um, where, you know, I told my, my sustainment commander, Hey, I, I want X number of, of aero resupplies a day. And he kept a tracker on his board right. on, on his wall. And <laughs> Measure like, of performance. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it, it became just, it, it is part of the culture. And, you know, as we talk about large scale air assault, where we are going to be beyond the flight and we, we know we may not be able to get a ground convoy in there with our sustainment. We, we do rely on air. Um, you know, as long as the it's secure and we can protect the aircraft, we're going to, we're going to rely on 60s and 47s to bring us the step that we need to sustain us during that fight until, you know, the next force pushes the flight forward and we're, we're ready to do it again. So it's something that we've been rehearsing and working with 5101 in conjunction with air assaults, but also aerial resupply. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, you can't cram for the swim test, right? Like JRTC, <laughs> um, you know, you, you can't, um, it, you know, and I think the, the things that went well, 
uh, in particular were the things that you all had practiced. Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, very, and there were a lot of things y'all did well. There are a lot of things you all got better on in the fight. Um, but I mean, I, this idea of like sets and reps. And so clearly it's true at the company level and below, but something as simple as, as doing it, not simple. Um, something that seems as fundamental as aerial resupply. It, it really only happened as you described, because like, we'd practiced it a lot right. before coming here. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, and so, and I, you know, I, I thought that, um, you know, that was a notable, uh, thing that's clearly an improvement for our army. Um, you know, so definitely something that, you know, we want to share with other units out there, uh, going forward, um, it, transitions. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as, as, as we said, you know, there's peaks and valleys in the battle period, but we're doing open phasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, here at JRTC, and and that means that uh, and you were the beneficiary of uh, a redesigned uh, scenario. I'm so and, lucky. Uh, you're so fortunate in a redesigned AR schedule that really minimal tack freezes mm-hmm. uh, over ten days of force on force, yep. a, a maximum total of eight hours of tack freeze across 240 hours mm-hmm. of operations, and really more than 240 hours because we came in a day early. Um, yeah. in the fight. So 11 days, eight hours attack freeze total. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that tempo like? Oh yeah. I mean, it was, uh, and, and honestly, like the tempo really started when we got, when we got the order, because, uh, obviously there's a lot of planning and preparation that goes into an aerosol. So we were doing the 96 hour sequence for really like we started and then we had to start again and keep that one going and then start again 24 hours later. So we were doing three 96 hour sequences back to back to back building PVLs too, which is another yeah, awesome thing you, here. You got to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so fortunate. Uh, but, but the, the, really the pace and the tempo for the staff started early and, um, and, and then coming into the box, um, it was honestly, it was a testament to the, to the brigade, uh, that they were able to sustain that, the, the, the pace that they did. And it was, um, you know, again, super fortunate that, that to have First Brigade. It's got a lot of talented leaders and to, a lot of talented soldiers who are committed to winning. You know, we 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 wanted to train, we wanted to maximize training value out of it, but we we came to win. So if, if the cost was you know an elevated op tempo, then hey, you know, let's do it. Like it was never a question of hey, I'm too tired or too smoked. There, now there was a couple of days a day that we had to like reconstitute some combat power and hold what we got with our fingernails, yeah. but. It was. It doesn't didn't mean that the op tempo went down. It just uh, again just a, a relentless drive to to win to defeat Geronimo to achieve the 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 uh, tactical objectives that the division gave us, um, and 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 do our do our absolute level headed best and uh, give everything that we had. So I was very proud of the team. Yeah. Uh, what 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 did your rest cycle look like? Like mine. Yeah. Personally? Your personal rest cycle. <laughs> Get it where I could. So right. Like, right. So, uh, you know. Uh, at this stage in my life, I, I I need more sleep than I did when I was a field grade officer. Uh, so what I would do is whenever I was feeling like I was not giving good guidance or not capable <laughs> of being clear, right? I would say, okay, I'm going to go by myself for a few minutes and, and take an hour, two hours. I mean, and I found as, as long as I got, you know, what, what I required during the day that I, I could, I could sustain it pretty good. But there were there were a couple times in there where the staff, I'm sure, was like, "What the, what the heck did he just say?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, some of them. I mean, it, you know, this is a grinder. It is a grinder. Um, and you know, it's by design. I mean, it's meant to be that way. Um, and it it 
you know, as the, as the outsider watching, uh, it it took you, you know, that 96 hour planning that started uh, in, you know, at the ISB, you know, it took you about three days, I think, to get into a rest cycle rhythm <laughs> right. in the fight. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I credit you for, for being aware about it. Um, you know, it's the, you know, when we were growing up the days of like, I don't need to sleep, Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, to give no. good guidance, you do sleep is a hundred percent a weapon. It's not it a is. crutch. It's a weapon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about some of this under load. What, what else in the transitions, uh, here, you know, against the thinking enemy, uh, with the distances uh, that are greater than usually what we can achieve at home station. Mm -hmm. What else did you learn about the transitions? Um, well, number one, you have to see them coming, right? Yeah. Because you know, as you transition, you have to ensure that the conditions are set to hold whatever gains that you've, you've gotten. You've got to be in a position um, with the right supplies at the right place. So you have to like, anticipate the transition set the conditions for the maneuver forces and for all the combat enablers that support them um, ensure that that's that's probably forecasted probably resourced and then again it, you know what i try to do and had some success and some failure was hey let's do a conditions check real quick what are the conditions that have to be met before we before we stop before we you know this ends and we start this um, and again sometimes we were good at it sometimes we were not so good at it yeah. Well, uh, you, you all had a lot of success, you know, and that's the funny thing here, right? Is like, you know, brigades a big organization. So the brigade can have maximum success. Sometimes it doesn't have maximum success. Sometimes it has success here. Sometimes it has success there. And, and you know, and the challenge is like aggregating all those successes uh, together. Um, you certainly had some successes. Uh, you know, I want to take you in the Wayback Machine, I think to about training day three, mm. low water crossing, five, hill nine, five. How did y'all have success down there? Um, so uh, it was it was really through fires, through HE. Um, you know, we, we, we finally got to the point where we had uh, built the combat power to to really uh, use our artillery to the to the maximum benefit. Um, led with fires, echelon fire, that, that unit, Echelon fires appropriately. We started with, uh, you know, our, the big guns. Transitioned to the the mortars, um, and put put HE on it. We solved it with HE, and uh, and it, it. If I'm not mistaken, it uh, it, it treated the enemy to the point where he met his retrograde criteria, which enabled the maneuver force to come in and seize those pieces of key terrain and allow us to be in a more defensible position as we build combat power. Yeah, it it didn't complete. Um, it got them close. It was a maneuver that finished it. Right. Um, and it was, the and, and, you know, the, the massing of fires coupled with massing a maneuver, right. Three full companies, right. Hill nine, five, right. Uh, finished off the enemy there and, um, killed about half of them and the rest retrograded. Um, you know, and, and then the, the, uh, you know, I thought the other thing that was really cool in that fight was uh, the consolidation, reorganization, and then continued momentum to the far side of right. low water crossing five, which you know in the defense puts you in a good spot, right? Um, with the enemy, I mean, he didn't right. he didn't want to go that way right. after you'd secured that terrain, um, and then the subsequent fight 
we were able to push reconnaissance through mm-hmm. and how'd that help you? And, and did any of that surprise you once you got reconnaissance <laughs> zone down there? So it, I, I wish that the transition had been that easy. So what, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, know, I right? made it sound fast, so, right? <laughs> right. So what, what we did was, um, I knew that the enemy wanted to close those G-locks. I knew even if we'd air assaulted to Sugar Gordon, we wouldn't have been able to sustain it based on everything that I'd seen during those first four or five days of fighting. So um, I, I told the team, hey, as soon as the defense is over, get out of your holes and start moving west as quickly as you can. Gain as much gain, uh, maintain contact with the enemy, gain as much ground, gain as much ground as you possibly can. And that's exactly what they did down south. And yeah. so they did, they maintained contact with the enemy. The enemy was actually pretty stubborn about it, and it took a little while for them to continue to push them back, but they came maintained constant pressure. Um, and then when we got to the point where the task that I had given that unit to the south was, hey, I want you to dismounted, fight all the way to Sugar Gordon, where, where you'll transition to the breach. Um, I had wanted them to bypass obstacles, bypass large enemy formations, and just get to Sugar Gordon. And we'll focus on the G-locks to the north. But what wound up happening was there was a steady progression it got to the point where I had to make a decision to pull some of that combat power off. And that's when our reconnaissance did a handoff, uh, maintaining pressure on the enemy and continued to push them back and, and see some key terrain. Um, the uh, I, I don't know the name of the little water crossing on the southwest, but we're able to seize that, force the enemy to retrograde further, opening up those G-locks so our engineers could continue to, to reduce obstacles uncontested. Um, and again, that that element of the battalion went back and got in PZ posture and air assaulted with uh, with the assault force. And he lost track of that battalion, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, well, uh, good. That's what we want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. And then, um, y- you know, the other was and we didn't do this like great up front, but we got a lot better with our infantry companies and we weren't on the roads at all the whole time. Right. Um, but we really. And we really found our groove with this amount of maneuver with Absolutely. infantry companies, um, you know, as the fight went on. Right. And, and you know, to um, leading up to this over the last few years, it's been, you know, a, a pretty consistent theme coming from the CTCs that we are roadbound. So I, I, I did not, other than the, the ground movement to the APOD, I did not authorize us and nobody asked for a single ground assault convoy. Um, because I wanted to get in the woods, I, and I knew that would be the way to to um, to dislodge him from overwatching any of the obstacles that he had. And I know how. I mean, a, a road is a you know it's the fatal funnel, right? I mean, yeah. he, he can see it's it coming. lava. It's lava. Yeah, <laughs> it's, right. Roads <laughs> road, road are lava. Um, so I, I was like, hey, make him fight us in the woods. Um, you know, make him fight us on a broader front than a, you know a single ground line of communication. Um, so did not do any. Any um, any gacks, and put uh, once we transitioned from the defense, put our two battalions in the woods and haven't had to move on two different fronts uh, to turn the enemy and make him make him retrograde with minimal cost to us um, as far as casualties and uh, and and maximize the ground that, ground that we could gain uh, so we could sustain ourselves in the in the long run. Okay, um, so after this experience, the train up. Uh, leader training program, and then 14 days of arduous combat, mostly peaks, yeah. some, some, some very bad. shallow yeah. valleys. Appreciate it. It's very kind. Uh, no, I mean, you know, the, you know, one of the things I think that surprises people is, I mean, you fight every single day here right. at JRTC. Right. And, um, 
you know, the, uh, the rhythm is, is pretty ferocious. I mean, mm-hmm. Geronimo measures the tempo, uh, through spoiling attacks right. through, I mean, he's gotten very effective at counterattack. Right. Um, there's, there's not a lot of pause. You know, I'd like right. to say, you know, when you're not getting hit in the face with a baseball bat, it's merely because it's in its backswing. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, what advice would you give, you know, majors that are listening, you know, either in CGSC or getting ready to come down here? What advice would you give them to yeah, prepare? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So as I was coming here, I, you know, I told the battalion four things, I brigade four things. One, one of the ones that I said was, hey, we, we have to lead with fires. And that's that is that's great to say, but to actually say, actually figure out what that means. I would say, hey, lead with fires. But not only that, but figure out how you're going to lead with fires. We were we were pretty good at targeting the deep fight, the brigade's deep fight. Yeah, I mean, uh, very effective. I mean, took took most of the high payoff target uh, targets that right. the brigade had set off the right. table very but efficiently. We had to kill what was killing us, right? Yeah. And so we knew they were going to be efficient with their indirect fire, so we we, we prioritized that. But the second piece of that, the fire support to enable the the battalion's maneuver, it took us a, a couple of days to really figure out how to do that effectively. Yeah. And so that's what I would tell majors is, hey, if you know if you're a brigade XO or a brigade S three, hey, you can't be fixed focused on the deep fight. You still have to provide fire support for those maneuver battalions. For the battalion uh, XOs and S threes. Hey, you have to develop a fire support plan that incorporates and maximizes the, t- the artillery that you're given to the maximum extent. Get those, get the effects that you want to achieve. Develop your targets, plot those targets, get them to the artillery so they got them. They're pre-planned and they can react um, and respond quickly. Um, and that would be my my number one piece of advice. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as we've talked about the understanding of that process within the fires battalion, Mm -hmm. like how long it takes to run the sensor to shooter tech rehearsal. Right. We underestimate it. Generally maneuver friends underestimate Mm -hmm. that. And, um, so understanding how that process works is I'm with you. I think that's key. Um, because if you're changing things, right. You're not giving the fires friends right. a chance to get fires. The fires are not going to be timely. They're not going to be timely. Right. And, and you you said it like uh, the rehearsals. I mean, you got to rehearse everything, right? But you can't rehearse everything to the highest standard, right? Um, but those uh, the, the fires rehearsal and the IC fires rehearsal, the fires tech rehearsal and the IC fires rehearsal are two of the things that we found when we do not do them well is when we pay the steepest price as we maneuvered. Yeah, and where you got it, we did those really well. Like we had great effects. I right. mean, uh, mass the battalion uh, shooting onto objective Subaru, yeah. four hundred fifty rounds. Right, uh, really effective. Um, and then you know, likewise uh, up at Pisan and Live Fire, mm-hmm. uh, suppression and obscuration, uh, well synchronized. Um, you know, there and I mean, it's had an impact, right, uh, for sure. Um, and then, you know, I think it's also the mortars a hundred percent time level. Absolutely. And when talk echelon of fires, you know, I, the brigade may be able to give you artillery. They, they may not be able to, so you got to use what is at your disposal. And so when you leave with fires that, that may not mean, Hey, I start with artillery. That means I may mean I have to start with one twenties, yeah. um, and you know, 120s, eighties, and then give it down to sixties. And then before you ever hit, hit the breach. And I, you know, the battalion commanders, as we talked that what they learned about 
Yeah, I, I got to plan the target, but I also got to plan the sustainment side of this yeah, to be able yeah, to, that's exactly to, right. to, to it, maintain momentum. One hundred percent. Like understanding, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, face this size of the enemy. The brigade says that they're going to shape it to this. Okay, what's the residual? What do I need as far as my my mortars, my AT weapon systems, my my seven six two link, five six five five six link, all all that. There's there's math there, and they yeah. gotta they gotta look. So yeah, advice to majors is you can you can plan it, but if you don't have the resources to execute it because you're not putting in proper log stats, then then uh, you're gonna your information is gonna suffer. Yeah. What, okay. For company battery troop commanders. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give them? You and I talked about this earlier. It's it's so surreal, and having the tactical patience to ensure that the conditions. You know, we keep talking about the conditions, but it's really important to recognize. Okay, at this point, I've I've done everything that I can to shape the battlefield, and at the company battalion troop level, it's the same thing. You know, when you when you suppress, did you did you suppress to the point where the enemy really is suppressed, or are you just sh shooting just to yeah. so it sounds good? Obscuration. Hey, you know, yep, the 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 smoke grenades out or the the art, you know, the uh, artillery smoke is shot. Hey, did you really allow it to provide you obscuration so the enemy couldn't, you know, draw a bead on your engineers as they as they approach the wire? Yeah, and, and like, do I have to adjust it? Right. right. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, absolutely. and so, um, yeah, and I, you know, the suppression, you know, defining what that is, that I'm not receiving effective uh, effects right back at me. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not the ranger school, like the support by fire sounds good. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Oh, those guys were, the violence of action was awesome. Well, that might be great, but it, it, it we, you got to talk about the effects that your elements are having to ensure that, you know, the conditions are again, talking about conditions, the conditions are set for you to, to step, go to the next step. I had a great conversation yesterday with one of your company commanders and we were talking about the live fire, uh, up there. And, you know, he's, he's like, yes, yeah, sir. You know, it, it, it went well. Here's what I, you know, here's what I got to do different. Um, and he had a really good understanding exactly that with the suppression and obscuration, uh, at the company level. Um, and, uh, you know, he had some frustration where he's like, yeah, I should have put a support by fire here inside the objective to enable movement to the next objective. But one of the things that was really interesting is he said, you know, sir, like doing this at night, this fight would probably take three to four hours. Yeah, right. And I thought it was awesome. I mean, the 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 maturity to understand that like this is going to, we're going to have to require, you know, tempo is not going fast. Tempo is right. going fast at the right times right. Uh, and enabling those conditions. So right. I think that's great counsel and advice. The, um, um, so, yeah. and the second thing is not, not just having, you know, understanding what effects you want to achieve before you go to the next step in the battle drill is, Hey, knowing what the battle drills are, right? right. Just the fundamentals. Um, you know, I, in the first brigade, we call it, you know, don't focus on the backflip and hatchet tosses, right? That's yeah. the sexy stuff. Like leave that for whenever we've mastered the fundamentals. And um, so, you know, knowing battle drills, knowing what your critical collective tasks are that support your metal and focusing singularly on those will, will, will pay huge dividends. Yeah, no, I agree. Um Okay. Hey, what'd you learn about the enemy? Oh yeah. We, the dreaded Geronimo. Yeah. Um, so, so number one, he is really good at counterattacking. So we, you know, we're on what, uh, some key terrain up North and we're high-fiving on the objective. And then here he comes with his counterattack, um, and pushes us right back off. So, um, you know, he's, he's really good about, uh, preserving combat power. Number one, 
maneuvering that combat power when when uh, you know when he senses that the enemy has gained the momentum and then counterattack with uh, with a force uh, before the before we could get set up in a good hasty defensive position and, and defeat it. Um, number two, and I think that you mentioned this earlier, like he is. Um, he, they're pretty relentless. Like they're not going to just give you something um, unless the, the, the and if he assesses that the price is too high, then he will. But I mean, he's got his calculus is is pretty good. So he knows again when a counterattack, he knows how to keep maintain pressure. And you know, s- s- not not surprisingly, but I mean, the use of mounted and dismounted maneuver together, um, it's something that I think that we could we could learn from. Um, he, the the use of his armored formations was 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 pretty good, and, and you know we learned to counter that with our own AT weapon systems yeah. and shaping fires. But um, those are three things that I learned about Geronimo. Okay, hey, um, so you know one of the things I observed about your formation mm-hmm. uh, through all the after action reviews, uh, watching the the Truman Show cameras and all the <laughs> command posts, right? Um, you know I don't want to make you blush, but culturally. Uh, a very transparent organization, um, you know, certainly focused on winning, but he who learns fastest wins. And I felt, felt like you all learned lessons uh, very quickly. Um, You know, talk a little bit about how you created that culture in the brigade. Well, um, well, yeah, first of all, I I guess I would say that not to make you blush, but the OCT teams here have been fantastic. So it was, it was really easy to be coachable, when we have very professional coaches who are looking out for the best interests of the the brigade who want us to get better. So the team here has been absolutely fantastic. Appreciate that. Um, but you know, from the time that I took command, I, um, there, there are a few things that I really wanted to focus on. And number one was, Hey, we've got to be honest with ourselves. Um, we have to take a, a good look at, at where we are and determine what our shortfalls are. And focus on on those to enable us to get better. Because if we can't do that, if we can't be honest with ourselves, if we can't learn from our mistakes, then we're just never going to improve. Um, and the team was very receptive to that. I think um, uh, people acknowledged that, hey, we're not really as good as we could be, that we've got some room for improvement. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, for, I think whether you're, regardless of what position you're at in the Army, I mean, one of the things that impressed me and I think set the tone with the ARs is – your willingness to walk in and own something out of the gate to say, Hey guys, I came up short here. Here's how it impacted the brigade. Right. And, um, and I think that humility, I think translated your formation, put them at ease to, to do exactly what you described, to be transparent about owning shortfalls and responsibilities. And you guys just didn't make the same mistake over and over again, which I think is a testament uh, to the organization. Appreciate it. Um, and, and, as we were preparing to come here, I, you know, I gave the brigade four, four things that I want to do. Um, and, and number two was, Hey, be hyper coachable. Like if, right. I mean, like you, you all are here, you've seen it, right. You, you know, what works, you know, where as a, you, as an institution, as a warfighting institution, you've seen enough formations to know, you know, where as an institution we're weak. And, and, um, so again, I think that that also contributed to the team's willingness to to listen, to learn, uh, to soak in what your your team had. And again, so so that mentality coming in with the professionalism of your OCT team just it meshed really well. And and uh, and and honestly, I think that we learned a ton, and we were a better organization on the backside of this exponentially over just the experiences, but because of the coaching as well. 
Well, hey, I uh, I greatly appreciate it. It's been a ton of fun uh, being yeah. with the Bastone team. Um, you know, star majors that have been here for 20 rotations, you know, said this is just this is a fun rotation. It's fun rotation because of the attitude of the team and that you all fought every day to win which was awesome. And you won, you didn't win every day, but you won a lot of days here. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, Geronimo, uh, you know, definitely would want to do you know, would want to fight this again with you yeah. guys for sure. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a mark of a great rotation and definitely uh, coming out a much better team. Uh, appreciate what yeah, you're thanks. doing for the army. Appreciate your team and, uh, and Godspeed in the next adventures. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thank you for joining us on The Crucible, the JRTC experience. The Joint Readiness Training Center is the premier crucible training experience. We prepare units to fight and win in the most complex environments against world-class opposing forces. We are America's leadership laboratory. Again, we'd like to thank our guests for participating. This podcast was created and produced by Mr. John Mabes. It was recorded and edited by Chief Thomas Rich and researched by First Lieutenant Anthony Cho. Intro vocals were done by Mr. Robert Chopper. Special thanks to Captain Jermaine Branch and Mr. Jeff England from Public Affairs. Be sure to like and follow us on social media to keep up with the latest warfighting TTPs learned through the crucible that is the Joint Readiness Training Center. Follow us by going to https colon forward slash forward slash l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash j-r-t-c. We'd like to thank our partners at the Center for Army Lessons Learned of the Combined Arms Center, especially the JRTC Call Observations Detachment. Be sure to follow them on social media as well. Follow them at https colon forward slash forward slash www.army.mil forward slash C-A-L-L. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and review us wherever you listen or watch your podcasts. And be sure to stay tuned for more in the near future. The Crucible, the JRTC experience, is a product of the Joint Readiness Training Center.